0: Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Josh Hamilton's Ramblings. Um, this episode is going to get a little bit hot-takey. I would like to warn you of that. Um, I usually try to avoid pretty strongly calling people dumb or uh, assuming that I know things about what they think. Um, but we're talking about getting control, and so there's a lot of dumbness floating around, uh, and it drives me nuts. So. Uh, Let's let's start with some nuance. Gun control is really hard. It's really hard to get anything done. Um, I mean, it's just a really hard issue, even if we abstract away from the politics. Figuring out where these lines should be drawn is a very challenging question. Because ideally, I've talked about this before, we want to give as much freedom as we can to everybody. In general, we want to assume people know what's best for them. Um, we want to assume that pretty strongly, and we need to have pretty good evidence the other direction before we're going to change that. Um, but the problem here is we have two freedoms balanced against each other. The freedom of one person to have a gun, to uh, have the culture and entertainment that they see fit to be able to go hunting, to go target shooting, uh, The other and the freedom for the other person, the freedom to defend their own home. Um, with a gun if they so choose uh, and then we have the freedom of another person to life and liberty that people, one person having a gun can take away the freedom of another person to live their life um, can take away the ability of someone else to live their life without fear those two are often in direct contrast with each other. so we need to put those um, against each other and what we should end up with is a very delicate balancing act wherein we try to Uh, restrain the potential negative effects of gun ownership, of murder, suicide, mass shootings, um, people intimidating others, domestic violence, uh, all of those things. We should be trying to reduce those as much as possible while also trying to burden uh, legal, responsible gun owners as little as possible. And it should be a very delicate back and forth uh, where we're trying to balance those two, trying to come up with solutions, seeing what we can do. Um, you, you know, based on what you think your unacceptable level of danger is, how, um, how much you care about the liberty of gun owners, like where the responsibility should be placed. We should be having a healthy, vibrant debate about what the best place to settle uh, for those laws to be, how, how we should regulate what we can do to have the best, smartest solutions. <laughs> now, that bait, debate bears no resemblance to the, quote, gun control debate that we're having right now, which is largely people lining up and screaming at each other, Um, which is frustrating to me that in a question this difficult, this complex, uh, that I see as being fairly rich and nuanced, uh, I have two sides screaming things at each other. I mean, particularly uh, the extremes of saying things at the other side, of propping up straw men and taking them down. They're just dumb. Uh, there's a lot of dumbness in the gun control debate. So, I'm going to start by telling you what I think people are saying. Um, and granted, these are pretty, yeah, not, not, not super extreme, but these are fairly reasonably extreme views, I would say. Uh, I'm not trying to take the lunatic fringe. I'm take, trying to take the uh, devoted conservatives and devoted liberals. If you're pretty conservative or pretty liberal, this is the vibe that I've gotten from the people that I've talked to. So, we'll start with the conservatives, um, which, you, you know, of, I've heard the refrains, you know, we don't need to change anything. There shouldn't be very many restrictions on guns. Uh, that's kind of the baseline for the right. Uh, anything out of the NRA says, if anything, we should have more guns. Actually, that's not if anything. The NRA says we should have more guns always, everywhere, all the time, because more guns will solve every problem that we have. That's pretty dumb. Uh, we have a really serious gun violence issue. We have way more gun violence in this country. Then we should, based on uh, our level of income, the number, like, we're not doing that great. Uh, According to the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation Study, uh, we're five times higher than we should be. Our gun violence rates are, you would think we were kind of a middle of the road country as far as wealth, instead of the wealthiest name. country on the earth like it the level of gun violence that we have and I'll, I'll put links to the university of washington study and to another npr um story that compares gun violence for us and the kind of countries that uh we are most like uh for having similar levels of gun violence and it's not countries we sh- as a country should be compared with because we're just out of should be well more advanced than them much safer um so, I don't think we're in a good place. Uh, I think we have a ton of gun violence, and it would be very good if we could reduce it. Uh, that would be like saying, oh yeah, cancer? Nah, cancer's fine. <laughs> we don't need to worry about a ton of people dying every year. Um, another argument you'll hear a lot on the right, uh, one that I'm more sympathetic with, um, but is that guns are very useful for self-defense. Sometimes, I think the effect, I think guns are great for feeling safe for people thinking they are better protected, which has value. I don't think guns are particularly valuable for making violent crimes less likely to happen. Um, You know, maybe it's uh, more valuable to have it as a deterrence where it's like, I'm just not going to go rob someone in eastern Idaho because I'm pretty sure every house has a gun. Maybe there's some value there. Um, I've... I, I, I have another Washington Post article I will link in the show notes uh, talking about how guns are much more likely to be used to commit a crime than they are to be used in self-defense. I think the self-defense case is drastically overrated, but I, I, I think it is fair to say that people feel much safer uh, when they're carrying – or the people who carry a gun for self-defense feel much safer because they have that gun. Uh, I think its actual effect in making them more safe is fairly negligible. Um, so another one is that, uh, you know, whatever gun control measure that's being proposed wouldn't have stopped the last attack or won't solve the problem. Uh, which is really frustrating because I, well, I agree with them at some level, um, whether or not it would have stopped the last attack is, I mean, I have my quibbles with the way the times when we talk about guns, like it's the, Times and ways we have the gun debate in this country are stupid. Um, But the fact that we can't take something from 100 to zero is a horrible reason not to do something about it. Guns are really good at killing people. That's kind of why we invented guns and why they're such a dominant form part of the way our militaries function Uh, because guns are really good at killing people. So if we can make it harder to use guns, While we're not going to, you know, maybe we're not going to take it from 100 to zero, but maybe we take it from 100 to 65, which is a lot of people not dying and not being seriously injured by these very good uh, weapons for suicide, mass murder, murder. Um, And so it's really frustrating to me of saying, well, can't fix this problem, so we shouldn't try. Uh, That's such a dumb defeatist attitude, and I hate it. Um, On the left... All right, that's, that's my salvos at dumb uh, conservative positions. Here are some dumb leftist positions. We should take away all the guns. Guns kill people. Well, yeah, so does alcohol. Alcohol kills a lot more people than guns. If you're just concerned with people not dying, take away the alcohol. Like, it, the things that we seize upon in this society... I mean, I guess it's just humans. The things humans seize upon to be really upset about often don't line up with the actual dangers. Um, So let's not make guns into this big boogeyman. Uh, They they are dangerous, certainly. Are they causing problems? Yes. Are more people dying from guns than should be? Yes. Um, But it's not as open and shut. I think comparing them to alcohol is uh, a really good place to start. Um, Because another one is that there's not a good reason to own guns. Like I've, I feel like I've gotten this vibe off of people who live in the East coast um, in major metropolitan areas, have never touched a gun, never fired a gun, never had a reason to. Um, And that one, it took me a while to realize that because I'm from Montana, grew up, I I would go out uh, hunting with my dad. I mean, I wasn't even particularly into hunting. I'd go out hunting periodically. Um, when target shooting fairly regularly, like you can have a lot of fun with guns. Guns are, are, are also useful, like of going gopher hunting. Like we would go out to a farmer's property every once in a while and go gopher hunting because gophers are super irritating and, um, dig holes that cows and horses can get their foot stuck in and break their foot. And then it's it, a major economic loss for the rancher. Um, and so, so like, it's really frustrating to me and people not seeing, the value of that one it's like that's it's a major deal there's a ton of uh super important father-son interaction of going out hunting or people i know a ton of friends that i have now uh living in idaho who go out target shooting for fun because it's a bunch of fun um and, and so it's really frustrating to me when they're like nope there's no good reason take away all the guns no one needs them uh it, and it's it just. They don't understand the case for guns at all, and I don't get the feeling that a lot of them are trying at all or have ever, have ever encountered that. Uh, and it's, it, it's really frustrating to me. Um, uh, another one, we have way more guns and we have way more gun violence, so if we have less guns, we'll have less gun violence. I mean, maybe. That is a correlation for sure. I mean, I would agree that we have more guns and we have more gun violence, uh, but taking away some of the guns will not necessarily reduce the gun violence. Uh, it, that it, This is kind of a running theme that on the left there's a feeling, or just in the gun control crowd more generally, there's a feeling that, yep, we can solve this. We can fix the gun violence problem. It's pretty simple. Uh, if it weren't for those obstinate blowhards at the NRA, uh, we, we, you know, we could solve this problem overnight with a couple, a couple nice laws, and then everyone would be happier and better off. I am profoundly unconvinced that the solution to the problems is that simple. Um, One of the other things on gun ownership is the vast majority of gun owners are not committing crimes. So if what you're looking for is to reduce suicide, murder, the vast majority of these guns, if you take them away, it won't ever change a murder or suicide happening because most gun owners are good about locking them up, keeping their... Um, keeping their guns well protected, you know, like making. I mean, there's there's good gun ownership and there's bad gun ownership. Bad gun ownership is bad. I'm pretty confident everybody agrees with me on this. Of so people who are going to commit crimes with their guns or do not use their guns safely and um, are causing accidental injuries. Um, it, all of this of people who. Uh, educate their children about how to use guns, if they are guns in the house, who lock their guns up, make sure their guns are well secured, uh, make sure ammo is separated from them, you know, of, of making sure that dangerous people don't have guns, you know, if you have someone who is unstable or suicidal or uh, in a domestic abuse situation, you, you know, making sure those people, if you're not doing those things, it's bad for you to have a gun. Guns are very dangerous. Um, and so th- there's an article about here of, most guns used in crime uh, are were not legally obtained. Um, so we'll throw that in the show notes. Uh, if, I, I will say this uh, this podcast is much more links-heavy than most of them because the facts... Gun control is one of the things that's super emotional and people are really dug in, and so they feel entitled to their own facts. So I want to show you where I am getting my facts from so that you can critique me, tell me that... You know, the Washington Post or whoever is just absolute garbage and I should never trust anything they say. That's fine. But I want you guys to at least know where I'm coming from so you can read the articles and say, okay, this is wrong because of these things. Um, Another one on the left is people who own guns are clinging to them and reject any attempt to regulate guns. There's no reason to negotiate with any of them. Uh, That's just not true. I know a ton of gun owners who would be perfectly happy to have sensible gun regulations, but don't trust the government to do it well. Um, I would say that it's probably a very vocal minority that doesn't want any gun regulation at all. Um, I've known a ton of gun owners in my life. I do not think I've known very many who would agree with the NRA line of nope, no gun regulation ever for any reason. Um, that most of them would be, I mean, I think that, I don't know, I, you know, particularly as a kid growing up, I'd you know, just didn't really question it. Oh, people have guns, that's fine. Um, I didn't know people shooting people, at least, yeah. Um, So those are feelings, I do not have a source for that because that is is just a vibe that I got growing up in Montana around a ton of people who had guns. Um, And so my last two, I've kind of touched on this point already, Uh, but there's people who are cranky, who yell at Republican lawmakers uh, when they say, hey, our thoughts and prayers are with the victims of the Pulse Night, Pulse Night Cloak shooting or the Vegas shooting, uh, and they say, we don't want your thoughts and prayers, we want your legislative actions. Um, and just kind of generally the feeling that we can easily end gun violence, I do not think that's the case. And it frustrates me when people talk about it like, oh, we could just pass one simple bill and then we wouldn't have to worry about these problems anymore. Uh, and it's not that simple. Like, maybe there's ways that we can make it better. Do I think that our system is doing a good job? No. Um, But it's frustrating to me when people talk about it like, oh, you should stop being empathetic because you're standing in the way of the one clear, simple solution when they're not. Um, So I'm going to start. After having ranted and raved at other people, I'm going to go through and talk about... uh, at very least what the problem is for gun violence. I don't particularly have solutions. I don't think I, I mean, there's a couple things that I'll talk about in here that I think maybe could be better. But the thing that I wanna get out about this is let's at least have the right conversation, the right argument. Um, I feel like so much of the gun control debate just completely misses the point. Um, So also, before I start this section, I would like to state for the record, it's possible for a number of deaths to be horrible, just wrong. Uh, and still a relatively smart small part of a much larger, horrible thing. So I'm going to say this to say that I am not trying to minimize the suffering and tragedy of some of the terrible things that happens, some of the terrible crimes that are committed with guns in our country. Uh, and so one of the things that frustrates me most about the gun control debate uh, is people say gun violence. And even I have been. I've been talking about that some— we talk about gun control like it's a one debate. It is not one problem. It is at least three. Um, there's three that I'm going to talk about. The three are mass shootings, murders, and suicides. Um, so a lot of the, most of the data that I talk about through this next section comes from the 538 uh, feature on gun deaths. Um, this whole section is heavily sourced from that. I highly recommend it. It is really good. Uh, it's also very depressing at times, but it is wonderful reporting. Um, trying to put some actual numbers to this, trying to dig in, see where we can get uh, numbers that make sense. We can actually figure out how big these problems are. So uh, I'm going to start with mass shootings, terrorism, police killings, uh, police killed by civilians, civilians killed by police. All of those together are less than 5% of the gun deaths in this country. And it's frustrating to me because those get so much control. Those are a lot of times when we start talking about this. Um And it's a pretty small fraction of the actual gun deaths. It drives me nuts when kids are talking about uh, school shootings. And it's like, well, and and not feeling safe. If one of your classmates dies from a gun, it's probably not in a mass shooting. Uh, It's far more likely in one of the other two categories, which are murder, which is give or take a third of um, all gun deaths and frequently the most common group are young African-American males. Uh, they are overwhelmingly the murder victims. Um, and then suicides are almost two-thirds of gun deaths in America. And that is uh, a much older, whiter crowd. But those three questions have very different causes, are done with very different guns in very different circumstances. And so if we say, this is our gun violence solution, you will fail. It, you are not addressing the, I mean, at least those three different things. I mean, and that's not even touching on domestic violence or any of that. Uh, there, there are other potential gun issues, but the way I see it, these are the three big ones, murder and suicide, because they account for an overwhelming majority of gun deaths, um, and mass shootings, terrorism, police killings, because we talk about them a lot, even if they are a relatively small portion of the pie. Um, so talking about school shootings, there have been a lot of kids, um, particularly from Parkland uh, Parkland High School in Florida where the school shooting happened and they've become very politically active, which at its most basic level, I am incredibly supportive of. We have students who have experienced something, it was terrible in their lives, and they are now advocating with their state and national representatives, that is unabashedly a good thing. Um, whether or not they are right in their stances is a whole separate thing, but, uh, citizens of our country, particularly young ones, seeing something bad and deciding to do something about it, that is what democracy needs. So I am really cranky when people try to shout these students down because they disagree with them. Agree or disagree, what they are doing is good. Um, So I, I went and I looked at it and, uh, it is overwhelmingly unlikely that your classmate who died, died in a mass shooting, just statistically. So I was looking at, um, deaths in the 15 to 24 age range. Uh, there are more deaths in that range from road traffic and suicides than there are from all homicides combined. Um. There, are, there have been a few hundred deaths in the last few years due to school shootings. Uh, I mean, it depends. It's kind of hard to track how you define these things. But it, as I was looking around, it looked like a few hundred, you know, on the order of two or three hundred is about as high of a number as I could reasonably uh, take. And that's, I think, over the last two or three years uh, as I was looking at it. There were 7,000 over 7,000 road accidents and over 5,700 suicides in the 15 to 24 age range in 2016 alone. And so a, students feeling threatened, that's fine. But if they feel unsafe, they should feel unsafe in a car uh, or because their classmates might commit suicide. Those are the ways that high schoolers are dying. Uh, which is not to say school shootings aren't a terrifying, horrible threat, but you're much less likely to have a high schooler die from a school shooting than you are from a road accident or a suicide. Um, It's frustrating to me when I listen to—now, it. I will say I disagree with uh, some of these students and some of these parents on their solutions. Um, They make it sound like, oh, we can just flip a switch and go to zero attacks. Uh, We can't do that. Uh, (laughs) The— I've heard it a couple times in conservative responses of bad people are going to do bad things, which is true. Um, And so I've, of people saying, Hey, this is a problem we can solve. Well, sort of, we can make these attacks a lot less deadly. If someone comes into a school with a knife, as opposed to an AR 15, it's a lot less scary. Um, If someone's coming after me with a knife, I've got a pretty decent chance of outrunning them. I'm not going to outrun an AR 15. Um, So, I mean, I agree with them on the broad strokes of, hey, this is horrific and we can make it better. Uh, but you can't consider that in isolation. So it frustrates me because we pay attention at the times around matching. We pay attention for a week or two weeks. Uh, it looks like for Parkland, we're actually sustaining interest in this because those students have said, no, this is the hill I am going to um, plant my flag on. I'm not moving on from this. You know, we're going to continue to. Organized. We're going to continue to bring this up in the media. We're going to continue to keep this issue on the top of people's minds. Um, but it's it, it's frustrating to me because it's such a small part of the gun violence problem that the number of people who die in mass shootings is pretty small relative to the ways that people die in this country. Um, and, and so. <laughs> One of the things I've heard, like the assault weapons ban that was on for 10 years, I think from the mid-90s to sometime in the early 2000s, uh, sometimes you'll hear conservatives say, oh, that didn't make a significant dent in the crime numbers. Yeah, because there's nothing you can do about mass shootings that's going to make an all any kind of significant dent in the overall numbers, because mass shootings are such a small slice of the pie. Um, if you are doing something like an assault weapons ban, you recognize that you are doing it to reduce the... Uh, reduce the horror of a few horrific events. Um, You are not trying to deal with the gun violence issue. Um, So it frustrates me that our conversation is so centered around 5% of the problem. Um, So moving on, murder. Uh, This is frequently or done more often with handguns. Uh, The victims are often young black men. I don't actually have good answers about this. I mean, people are working pretty hard on how to solve murder already. Um, It seems like more economic opportunity, more stability, less inequality, those things would probably help, but there's not easy answers for murder. Um, Particularly if you're killing one person, I think the difference between a gun and a knife or a gun and you know whatever other thing, there's a lot of good ways to kill one person. Um, It's when you're starting to kill more than one person or getting in a fight with another person. That's when uh, firearms become very, very useful. (laughs) We were killing people for a long, long time before we had guns. Uh, Guns just made it much easier and much more effective, and you can do it from farther away. Um, But the one that I want to get to still is suicide, which is the majority of gun deaths in our country, a very strong majority. Yeah, we need to get a lot better at preventing suicide. Um, And from all of the research that I've seen, suicide is not, people do not make it to a suicidal, the vast majority, people do not make it to a suicidal mindset and say, I am going to do everything I can to kill myself. They get to a very low point uh, and it's the actual act of committing suicide is usually fairly impulsive. Uh, that often people are, you know, from the time where it's like, I want to commit suicide to the attempt is the vast majority of the time. It's within a couple of hours. Uh, It's not this long planned out thing. Uh, And part of what shows that is 90% of the people who attempt to commit suicide and then fail, um, the gun doesn't go off, they vomit the pills back up. uh, 90% of them do not go on to commit suicide. So this is 90% of the attempts, uh, and then they don't make it, and they're like, oh, crap, that was a bad decision, which is, I know, a dramatic oversimplification. Um, But if you don't commit suicide, if you uh, aren't able to try that, uh, if it fails, you are very likely to continue going on with it. Um, And the reason why guns are such a big problem here is that guns are really good at killing people, as I've said a couple of times. Uh, the success rate if you try to commit suicide with a gun is much higher. Uh, a lot of these numbers are in the suicide section in particular are coming from an article uh, review of the gun suicide issue. Uh, and so it's give or take 85% success rate, 85% successful suicide rate with guns, as opposed to 3% for an attempted overdose. Uh, so if you... Don't have easy access to a gun, and you're forced to use a less effective measure. You are much more likely to survive and be able to get help. Um, we can we can reduce the suicide uh, deaths. We can make that better. We can we can talk about it more. And controlling the access of everyone to guns is an important part of that. So that's it's frustrating to me because a lot of these statistics, when I look at them, you know, you'll get at the start of the article and it's like, well, we don't have good CDC numbers, uh, because there was some legislation that was put into effect that had a dramatically chilling effect. I mean, on gun research of saying no CDC research can be used to advocate for gun control, which it seems a little bit paranoid to me, but that's, that's fine. That's whatever. Um, and then there's just not been any federal funding, which is nuts to me with the number of people who die every year from guns. Like, this is, this is a big deal. We should at least have functional numbers, and there are not good statistics anywhere. It, like, it's hard to make a data-driven case either direction on gun control because we don't have good governmental statistics like we do about alcohol, like we do about tobacco, like we do about the flu. Um, it, and it's really frustrating. Like at very least, everyone should be able to get on board with, hey, let's track, uh, you know, make sure we do have good records of uh, the number of homicides, the number of suicides that are uh, in gun control. I mean, most of these are crowdsourced projects or going out with, uh, you know, trying to scrape, okay, this local newspaper reported a gun dead. Like it's, it's hard. It's a hodgepodge. Or kind of piecing together, you can get sort of a picture from – Uh, Some CDC stuff, but it's not explicitly gun-related stuff. Um, And so, like, we need better statistics. And then what you hear about are mass shootings when that is a tiny percentage of the problem. Uh, Which is not to say they aren't horrible, but I would much rather hear about solutions to suicide and murder, because those are going to keep a lot more people alive. So that's, uh, those are my thoughts on gun control. I've got a lot of hot takes. I'm really frustrated with this debate because it's not a debate. There's people lining up and shouting past each other. They're barely even shouting at each other most of the time. So I'm sure people will disagree with some of that. I'm sure I was wrong about some of that. Um, so for, I don't know how you made it to this podcast. If you don't know me personally and don't know how to contact me, if you don't, um, you can send me an email at josh.clarkhamilton at gmail.com. Uh, or go post uh, on joshhamiltonramblings.wordpress.com. If you leave a comment there, I will get back to you. Um, I'm always fascinated to hear what people have to say, uh, to hear people uh, critique my argument. Even if I'm 90% right, that means I'm 10% wrong, and there's stuff that I can learn, there's stuff that I can grow, there's stuff that I can understand better. So, yeah. um, Let me know what you think.